Good morning, church family. How we doing? Good to see you. Everybody have a good first week of school? Okay, mixed reviews. It was a good week for us. We didn't get one call from the school all week long. Winning so far, winning so far. Come on now. Uh, we're raising leaders in my house, okay? So, uh, so it's not uncommon for us to get calls about our leaders and how they're leading in the school. Uh, I'm glad you guys are here. If you have your Bibles, Bible apps, we're going to be looking at a story in Luke chapter 5 this morning. And uh, I'm, I'm not doing a, kind of a typical sermon this morning. We're, we're not going to have uh, points. Uh, I'm just going to share some scripture, and I want to share my heart around the subject of relationships. Uh, Ricky already talked about it a little bit. This is one of the most important things that we do as a church. Uh, I think that it is a unique element of who our lead pastor is, Pastor Rick, and the way that he approaches relationships. He challenges me all the time in, in the way that I pursue relationships and the authenticity of them, the realness of them. Uh, it's really easy. I, I, I've got a pretty strong personality. I'm, I'm relatively independent. It would be easy for me to live life just kind of on my own, doing my own thing. And, I, and I'm, I've learned that that's just not right. It's not healthy. It's not biblical. And uh, I was talking with someone recently, actually, and they're relatively new to the area and came from a church. And if I, I said the pastor and name of this church, you would recognize it. Uh, no, it's not where anywhere in our state. It's somewhere else. But they've been a part of that church for a long time, 20 years. And they were talking about how they love that church. But when they came here, they just, they couldn't put their finger on it, but they just could tell that there was something different. And they said, I think what it is, it's this relational element. How intentional you are about giving people the opportunity. And I think that was the key word of what Ricky said earlier. It's an opportunity. No one's going to be able to force you into relationship. Nobody's going to be able to force you to buy into your need for relationship. But to at least provide the opportunity where people can be plugged in and connected. And so I want to talk about this core value of our church. But one of the things that I've noticed is I, I, I talk to a lot of you in conversation around relationships, especially when it comes to life groups and intentional biblical community, one of the reoccurring things I hear is, well, I'm really just too busy for friends. Like I'm too busy for real relationships. And my response to that is, you're right, you're too busy. You're too busy. Something needs to go away so that you can be who God's called you to be. And I really don't think that you can achieve that. I don't think I would ever, I would, there's no way that I would be the man that God's called me to be without intentionally pursuing biblical community with people around me. The older I get and the longer I pastor people, the more I can see the value of relationships and that really the fulfillment of life happens in relationships. And, and as I watch the beginning of life to the end of life in so many different situations. It's so clear to me that it is not about 
what you did in life as much as it is about who you did it with and did it have an eternal impact. And so this is from your brother in Christ and from your pastor, if you call me your pastor, uh, but, but just f- from really the word of God as an exhortation of are you willing to really be the body of Christ? Are you willing as a son or daughter of the King of Kings to truly step into who he's called you to be? And if you are, it's got to happen around relationships. God designed this for relationship. The theme of working together, having people around you is throughout the word of God. This, these two words, one another, one another, one another. As you read the word, it keeps saying this 58 times, depending on what translation you read, 58 times it talks about one another, love one another, care, one, care with one another, serve with one another, encourage one another, pray with one another. Uh, but the thing is, you can't have one another unless you have relationships. you got to be around some people. So I want to I talk about this story. And I think there's some main truths around this. But if there was a title of today's talk, it's just simply, we need friends. We need friends. Real friends. So in Luke chapter 5, starting in verse 17 says this, one day he was teaching, Jesus was teaching, and the Pharisees and the teachers of law had come from every village of Galilee and Judea and Jerusalem. So at this point, this is really the first time that the religious leaders are really starting to take note of Jesus. And I don't think that all of them are at the place where they're necessarily already threatened by him or insecure about him. They are very curious. Um, They are maybe a little insecure that all of a sudden he's got a lot of attention that they used to have. And so these are the people that are crowded around Jesus in this place. And the power of the Lord was present for him to heal the sick. Some men, probably four friends and a paralytic, some men carrying a paralytic on a mat, and they tried to take him into the house and lay him before Jesus. But when they could not find a way to do this because of the crowd, they went up on the roof and lowered the man on the mat through the tiles into the middle of the crowd right in front of Jesus. I love this scene. When Jesus saw their faith, everybody say their faith. He said, friend, your sins are forgiven. So this guy had a small group. <laughs> this guy had a life group. This guy had at least four friends, but you also notice like they were encountering some pretty major obstacles. Relationships are not always easy. Relationships will have obstacles. Relationships will have things you got to work through. You got to work around. But I also notice this man, he had a condition. He was paralyzed. He couldn't walk. For some reason, he was stuck in this condition. He could not get himself out of this condition on his own. 
There have been times in my life with as strong as I feel like I am or could be, with as much intensity as I could have or as strong of a leader as I want to be, there have been times when I've been stuck and I couldn't get myself out on my own. A great picture of this. I've told this story before, but a few, many years ago now, I guess, when I was in Bible school, a big group of us went down to the sand dunes in Colorado. Uh, and this is amazing, amazing uh, state park, national park, these huge mountains of sand, and I mean several hundred feet tall that are at the base of the Sangre de Cristos, and the wind just creates these dunes. They grow every year. And there's just these huge dunes. And so, you, you know, we're up and climbing over the dunes and all this. But I had this, this brilliant idea of I wanted to be buried standing up all the way up to my neck. And I know what some of you are thinking. And no, I wasn't raised in Louisiana. I, I didn't go to Louisiana schools. Like, I, 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 but I just, I just kind of got to this spot where I was like, this just seems like a good idea. And so I found this perfect little spot where there was already this, this natural indentation in the sand. And my thinking is nature has already done some of the work. So if I can get into that, then everybody can just push sand in around me and I can get buried up to my neck and it'll be a great picture on my panoramic Advantix Kodak camera that I could develop my film later to get, if you know what I'm talking about. So a couple of my friends like, sounds like a good idea. And so they just started pushing sand in around me and they got me buried quick. Yeah, it was awesome. All the way up to my neck. Click. <laughs> Click. <laughs> Click. And then it was time for me to get out. So they started digging the sand out from around me. Remember how I said that nature had created this natural indentation in the sand? Well, they were able to unbury me about to my waist. And then every time they tried to take sand away, more sand would come in. And they couldn't get it away quick enough. And the biggest issue was I was wearing chacos, <laughs> also known as straps of death. And so there was no way that they were gonna be able to pull me out. I mean, I had four big guys grab my arms and almost rip me in half, trying to, it wasn't gonna happen. So next thing you know, this cute little idea turned into like an emergency situation. Like they're contemplating, do we need to call the forest service? Like, do we need to get search and rescue up here to try to get James out of the sand? So they started working on this and it took a long time. When it was all said and done, it took 35 people working together to get me out of the sand. How do y'all know? That's a very humbling experience right there. But I'm sure thankful I had some friends there. Because there will be a time in your life 
when you will get stuck. And you're going to need some backup. Now, you may be paralyzed right now. Maybe not physically. But you may be stuck. Because all of us have seasons when that happens. Sometimes you feel stuck raising kids. You sure feel stuck when you're raising teenagers. We got groups for that. We got people that can speak into that. Maybe you feel stuck financially and you're not sure what to do. We got groups for that. We got some people that can get your back. Maybe you're stuck relationally. Maybe in your marriage. We got groups for that. Maybe you're stuck in an addiction or just habitual sin. And just can't, you can't seem to shake it. You can't get rid of it. It just keeps coming back. Well, we've got some real change for you on that. We've got a group for you on that. You're going to need some backup. When you're stuck in addiction and struggles and hurt and pain and you just can't move, you're going to need some people to help you move. Whatever it is, if you found yourself not being able to move and you're paralyzed and you're not growing and gaining freedom and walking in the victory that Jesus intended for you to have, I just want to let you know you're in the right place. Because I believe with all my heart, if you will take advantage of the opportunity that's before you, there is a group of people that can help you move, that can get you unstuck, whatever you're facing. These four friends, we don't know their names, we don't know their backgrounds, we don't know their history. But it says that these four men took this man to the house for one reason, and that was to just get him close to Jesus. To just get him close to Jesus. They cared about his condition, but weren't interested in leaving him in his condition. It's one thing to say that you love someone. It's another thing to do everything you can to move them closer to Jesus. It's another thing when you actually show this love. And they were convinced if we can just get our friend close to Jesus, we believe his life could change forever. And I believe that this is, these are the kinds of friends that every single person needs in their life. They need the kinds of friends that say, no matter what, we'll do whatever it takes to bring each other closer to Jesus. And verse 19 says, when they could not find a way to do this because of the crowd. They went up on the roof and lowered the man down on his mat through the tiles into the middle of the crowd, right in front of Jesus. I love this. They literally tore the roof off this place. Most commentaries suggest that this was probably Peter's house because they did a lot of their work. They based out of Peter's house. Imagine it, Peter. <laughs> He's... Standing down in his house, and all of a sudden, it's like, what is going on? Dust starts falling, and debris starts falling down around. All of a sudden, it's just the roof starts getting tore off. And he's like, how? What are they doing? <laughs> oh, praise God. They're, 
trying to help someone. <laughs> That's good. I don't mind at all. <laughs> I know around my house, I, I can be a little OCD. I'm just saying. And, and even when we have groups of people over my house, I have to be so intentional because, like, I want to be, I, I try so hard to be really hospitable. Like, mi casa su casa, you know, just come in, make yourself at home. But in my mind, I'm like so, I'm freaking out the whole time. I'm like, yeah, come on. Yeah, park, Amy. Not on the grass. Yeah, but anyway, just not on the grass. But anywhere you need, come on in. Oh, your shoes are muddy. Okay, that's all right. You got a rug there by the door. Maybe you want to take them off. I don't know, you know. And then they come in, and what I'll find myself doing is as the night goes on, I'll be having conversations with people. Like, oh, that's great. That's awesome. And then I'll start cleaning. Like, while they're there, like, oh, that's great. Oh, that, tell me more about that. Pull the vacuum cleaner out. Yeah. I, sorry, you'll have to talk a little louder. Hey, let me lift your legs for you there. I'll just go right under there. Oh, no, you guys don't. Just keep talking. It's fine. Thank God I married a woman who is hospitable and can compensate for my lack of hospitality. I think it's so important that we have a church that doesn't mind the roof getting tore off so that people can be put in the middle of it. And, and here's the thing, these life groups, they're not afraid of your mess. They're not afraid of you <laughs> messing up so that you can be right in the middle of what God wants to do in your life. We welcome that. We welcome that. Our life group leaders, they're not perfect. They're far from it. Some of them, honestly, they're really jacked up people. <laughs> Some of them are Christians, but just barely, like. <laughs> I'm joking, kind of. <laughs> but they love Jesus. They love Jesus, and they've seen the power of God in their own life. And they just want other people to encounter that too. And they know it can only happen through real relationships, through transparency and openness. So Jesus is teaching all of a sudden, these, and these religious people, these religious people are sitting around taking all the best seats. So crowded in that they can't even get to Jesus. All of a sudden, this stuff starts falling on Jesus' head. It's like, what? I don't think Jesus is ever like, what's going on? <laughs> but I just imagine it's like, man, it's, come on. Oh, they, they have, they're coming through the roof. They're coming through the roof. Why? Because the religious people are occupying all the best seats. We have to continue to be a church that makes room for people. We can't get so comfortable in, in having church the way we want church that we don't make room 
for people that haven't encountered the life-giving, life-changing presence of God. And even in our life groups, sometimes like, I've got my group. It's my group. Don't mess with my group. But there's still people that need your group and need the presence of God in your group. So all this stuff's falling on all the religious people too. All the religious people getting all dirty. You got all their fancy clothes. And like, oh, oh. I'm like, got it in my beard. <laughs> Gonna have to put more beard oil. And, oh, this is just frustrating. It's like payback for these guys. Like, all right, y'all don't want to let us in? Here's some sheetrock. <laughs> this group was not going to stop until something changed. They were committed to one another. In Romans 12:10, it says this: "Be devoted to one another in love, devoted to one another in love, and honor one another above yourselves." Always looking for the next person, always thinking, "How can I help someone else? How can I serve someone else?" How can I make it possible for someone else to get closer to the presence of God? How can I help make it possible for someone else to get close to Jesus? What, what do I need to do? I'll do whatever it takes to make that possible. How do you identify in the story? Maybe you're the paralytic. Maybe you're the person that's stuck. And you can't get your life fixed on your own or... Maybe you need to be somebody's friend. Maybe you need to be the person that loves them enough to not leave them where they are. But to do everything you can to try to help get them closer to Jesus. To pay any price. Verse 20 says this. When Jesus saw their faith, he said, Friend, your sins are forgiven. The Pharisees and the teachers of the law begin thinking to themselves, which is really dumb to do in front of Jesus. This, who is this fellow who is speaking blasphemy? Who can forgive sins but God alone? But Jesus knew what they were thinking and asked, Hey, why are you guys thinking these things in your hearts? Which is easier to say, your sins are forgiven, or to say, get up and walk? But I want you to know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. So he said to the paralyzed man, I tell you, get up, take your mat, and go home. Immediately he stood up in front of them, took what he had been laying on, and went home, praising God. Everyone was amazed and gave praise to God. They were filled with awe and said, we have seen remarkable things today. It says, though, that he saw their faith. It was their faith. Whose? All of them. All of them. The paralytic and his friends. He saw their faith. How did he see it? They tore a hole open in the roof. Faith has action. Faith has action. Biblical faith always involves movement. It's you making decisions. He, he's seeing all this and he says, I can see their faith. Their faith. 
wasn't that he saw his faith or an individual. He saw their faith together. Because y'all know the paralytic had to have some faith too, right? He had to have, they had some, like, don't drop me, guys. It's taking him up on the roof. Like, he's, he's having to trust a little bit too. But it was all their faith. The most important thing about being a part of a group here at NLC it's not just simply entrusting yourself to a group of friends because you can do that in the world. You can entrust yourself to a group of friends at a bar or a country club. You can have networks. You can have friends that have a lot of influence and prestige and power and connections. But if they are not most concerned about your spiritual condition, then that relationship is not really what you need. And where are you going to go in your greatest time of need? If you don't have friends that their number one priority is your soul, your spiritual condition. You better have friends in your life that know how to get a hold of Jesus. You better have friends in your life that know how to get you right in the middle of his presence. The kinds of friends that will open up the roof until they can get you to the one who can help you. But here's the thing. Jesus said, first thing, your sins are forgiven. <laughs> you notice he didn't address the obvious. The obvious was the dude was paralyzed. I bet the friends were up on the roof like, uh, Jesus, he can't walk. <laughs> like, that's, we can't, can you do something about that? Jesus was less concerned with his physical condition as he was about his spiritual condition. That has to be addressed first. So your physical condition, I don't know what it looks like, but I know this, you gotta have some friends that are in tune with the Holy Spirit that can know when your spiritual condition is not going too well. And they're willing to do whatever it takes to get you back into the presence of God. So I guess this is the question. Are you willing to take the risk of stepping into those kinds of relationships? Because it is risky. It is risky. I can tell you there have been times when I've, I've stepped out and I've been honest and I've been vulnerable and it hasn't worked out. I've tried it before and, and, just, and just got around weird Christians. <laughs> Look, we, may, we, we probably have some of those weird Christians here. We've tried to vet everyone, but there's a chance that some of the leaders are weird too. But I'll tell you this, there's other weird people that are gonna be able to connect in that group. But if you get into that group and it's too weird for you, just crawfish your way out of there, but go find a group that does fit. Some of you, you've tried and you just gave up now. Come on now, really? Well, I tried I tried a life group once and that was it. They their sweet tea just wasn't sweet enough and uh, I just can't do that. Please try it again. Please try again. It's 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 biblical. God's got some a place for you. He's got people for you. I will say this, 
if you've tried multiple groups and you keep saying, I just can't find my people, I can't find my group. If you try multiple groups and the issue is in your mind, all the groups, you are the common denominator. So maybe there's some freedom you need to find. Maybe there's a real change group that you need to get plugged into because there's something about you that won't allow you to experience relationships. Maybe you need that. But are you willing? Are you willing to see this opportunity? And are you willing to step into it? I've never met anyone that got plugged into a life group that says, man, that was just one of the biggest regrets of my life. I just really wish I wouldn't have met those people and made those friendships. I really wish I wouldn't have done all that. Unfortunately, I get to talk to quite a few people that are in a place where they wish they had biblical community and they regret that they don't. Some of you, the biggest thing you need to surrender to today is who is gonna be your Lord? Who's gonna be your savior? You can't step into biblical relationship and biblical community and <laughs> if you haven't surrendered to what the Bible says, who Jesus is. Some of you, you've, you've been away from Jesus because of religion, because of a religious spirit. You born and raised in church, if I started naming hymns, you would know what page they're on. But you're still away from Jesus. You've never surrendered to him. And some of you, you're just away from him because you just, it's like new to you, so I, bro, I'm open. Awesome. Let's close our eyes, bow our heads. I want every person in this place to be connected to a group of people that are walking through life. They don't have it all together, but they're, they understand they've got to grow and they've got to grow together and they've got to grow towards the things of God. And I want every person to be connected, but my number one priority and God's heart is first this, that you connect to him, that you are connected in relationship with your heavenly father through his son, Jesus. So if you're here today, and if you're just really honest, like, Pastor James, I just don't have a lot of confidence about where I stand in relationship with God. You're just insecure about that. Well, I want you to be secure, but some of you just know, like, I know I'm away from God. I just know it. And I, I don't wanna be anymore. I just wanna give you a chance. I wanna give you a chance just to, to take a step towards his presence. And I promise you this, the Holy Spirit is, is right here, right there, right where you at right now, ready to meet with you. If you're here today and you're ready to surrender your life, come back to him, rededicate your life, but you know that you need to be connected to God and you, and you know that you're not right now. Nobody looking around and I'm not gonna embarrass you but I'm gonna pray. And if you wanna be included in this prayer 
And it says a sign of your surrender and you just confessing, it's me. I want you to put your hand up right now across this room. As soon as I see your hand, you can put it down. If you just know I'm away from God, I need a relationship with him. Got it, thank you. Got it, yes, thank you. Anybody else? I need a relationship with Jesus. I need to come back to him. I need to rededicate my life. I, 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 I've been living life on my own. I don't want to do it anymore. Anyone else? Make sure I see anybody else. Just a few hands. Okay. Okay. Got it. Got it. Thank you, guys. For those few folks, I just want you to talk to God. You, you don't have to do this out loud necessarily. The word does say if you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth, then you can be saved. And so it's incredibly important that you tell somebody that you made this decision. Go public with your faith. Declare that you believe in him. Do it through water baptism as soon as you can. But right there in your chair, in your heart, just say this. Say, God, here's my life, and I know that I need you, and I know that I'm a sinner, and I believe. I don't understand everything about it, but I believe that you sent your son Jesus to die on the cross for me. I thank you, Jesus, that you pay the price for my sin and I ask for your forgiveness. And I thank you that you don't just save me from my sin, but that you have a purpose for my life. And so I surrender to your Lordship. I surrender to your purpose. I want you to have control. I want you to be the Lord of my life. Thank you so much for giving me this fresh start. Thank you for forgiving me of my sin. Thank you for giving me a fresh start. And God, I thank you for your grace. It's meeting with each one of those people right now, right where they're at. God, that they would sense that this is the beginning of the most important thing that they could ever do, and that is to know you and to make you known. And God, I pray for every person in this room, God, that we wouldn't just have friends, but that we would have friends that love you and that love us and love us enough that if we are struggling, that they're gonna be there as support. They're gonna be there as encouragement. They're gonna be there to laugh and celebrate when it's time to laugh and celebrate. They're gonna be there to mourn and cry when it's time to mourn and cry. And that every person will be connected in biblical community. And I pray that you lead every person by your spirit to what group, what life group, what subject, all that God. And would you help us as a church and help me as a pastor and, and help every leader to have your eyes for every person so that we can connect them. And let us be a church that's willing to do whatever it takes to get people in the center of who you are. Whatever the mess is, whatever the struggle is, we'll do whatever it takes. We thank you for that honor, that privilege, and that commission. We praise you in Jesus' name, amen.